Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Matt, you know those warnings that they have on like those pharmacy commercials and stuff like that? I think that today, this episode, we should have one of those consumer warnings on it. How so? Because this is going to be so, so good. You can definitely sense that. I really yeah. do wish everybody could be here for a split second and sense what we get to feel because, I mean, you get four anointed people in a room and it's... Uh, it's pretty impressive when Holy Spirit shows up. So. Yeah, it, it, to me, this group of people that I have with me and being able to have this conversation makes this like baptism to me. Mm. I just love it. It's like this like evangelism party. And it's like baptism at Foothills is just a party. It's just a celebration. Yeah. It's so incredible. We've had some explanation at the end of the year in December. If listeners have listened to that, you understand what we're trying to accomplish here in january it's an evangelism mobilization yeah it's the activation of hopefully thousands of people to be intentional about sharing their faith but also to do it in the way that god made them isn't that cool yeah yeah seriously so yeah. let's see what god does with this but this is who i have with me cindy wallace david matranga and Elizabeth Church have agreed to join us today. They have different styles and they have listened to the podcast because I've quizzed them on it. So I know that they have. And I just want to welcome all of you. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. How are you feeling today, Cindy? I'm feeling good. Yes. Yeah? I'm feeling great. I'm inspired. I'm happy to be here. Okay. So I want to just get individual stories because as you guys know, most of the people are Foothills. This is a ministry of Foothills. But there's some people that don't know you, shockingly enough. So what I'd like to do is just individually, if you could tell what your style is of communication, of evangelism, and you don't have to spend a lot of time on that, but I know that people who have taken the evangelism styles survey, they'll know, oh yeah, that's me. That's how I'm built. The other thing though is I wanna know how you came to the Lord. I want to know a little bit of where you were at and how Jesus snatched you. David, you want to go first? Sure. So my communication style is analytical, which even receiving those results, I'm trying to analyze everything and question it. <laughs> <laughs> I just go into a lot of conversations and especially opportunities to evangelize with trying to figure out who I'm talking to, what are they experiencing, what's their life story. I, I want to try to figure out what's going on so I know how to approach it in the most effective way. I, I want to jump in because on the styles evaluation, there's a biblical example and then there's a key verse. And the key verse for David Matranga is, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Woo! <laughs> So wow. I'm working towards that. Okay. <laughs> that's good, that's good, the good. goal. Yeah. And but even the biblical example that you use for analytical is Paul in Acts 17, Mars Hill. Yeah. And it, I didn't know that. And then seeing it after you get all the results, it's just kind of funny because I really love that chapter and I love what Paul's doing there. And it's definitely something that I've looked to and gone to because I want to be in many ways like that. Yeah. 
I get it. It resonates. So yeah. how'd you come to the Lord? I grew up kind of knowing Jesus more as like a figure than a father. I was culturally Christian, Catholic to be specific. And then my family ended up moving to Santee and one of our neighbors came to Foothills. So after living there for a while, my older brother got invited to go with one of their kids to youth group and they were all surfing. And so I, of course, wanted to tag along. That's what little brothers do. So pretty quickly, my dad would drive us and I would surf with them. And then sometimes I'd sneak into youth group a little young, sometimes not. But eventually I was able to start going and then my younger brother and then my other brother and my parents and yeah. we all got saved because of this junior high ministry and an opportunity to surf. Yep, surf as bait. Foothills is pretty big on bait. Cindy, what about you? When I was about five years old, my mom would dress me up with little patent leather shoes and a little handbag and gloves and send me down to the Presbyterian Church at the bottom of the hill. And it's all I ever knew. I just knew to go there. It was always a small group of people. Adults would seem like every week they'd look me in the face and ask me if I knew Jesus. And I think I just remember accepting Christ in my heart maybe a thousand times <laughs> as a little girl, and that's just always what I knew. But that's not where my true relationship began yeah. with the Lord. But that's Wh where, where did that the, happen? Where, where was it when you really understood? When I started, I was married, I am married, and I started miscarrying and losing the babies, and then my son had bacterial meningitis. He contracted that when he was about 18 months old, and that's where I found him in the pain. And that's when I knew I needed to do some serious business and reach out and to try to hold tight to this Jesus that I've always known, but I didn't have that kind of an understanding of him until I was there in that valley. And that's where it probably began about 25 years ago. Wow. Man, oh man, that's so good. And your style of evangelism? Relational. And what yes. does that mean to you? What is, how does relational It means work? that I want to talk to you and I want to hug you and I want to encourage you and I want to love on you and get to know you and do life beside you. I know a lot of people mm. like that. Those are people you want to be around. Heck yeah. You know? Maybe not everybody because they get scared or something, but yeah, relational is diabolical. It's effortless. Because <laughs> it's you, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of effortless, Elizabeth Church woman that I love and respect. So what style are you and how'd you come to Jesus? I am my story. I wanna know your story and I wanna hear your story and I want to be involved in your story going forward. And I wanna share my story with you and come together and just love on you. So I came to Jesus, kind of two parts to that. When I was little, teenager, I guess, there was a neighborhood man who would come around and pick up all the little kids and take them to church. He would pick us up, we'd go to youth group and bring us home and care for us and be cool with us. My parents didn't take us, so he did. I fell away when I became a teenager, got into a lot of trouble, had a bunch of issues, and then just lost touch with the Lord, I guess, for many years. I got married, and my husband was an atheist, and we lived that lifestyle. This is the husband that teaches our apologetics wow. class yes, at Foothills. <laughs> it is. That's it is. so cool. It's very cool. <laughs> We were about nine, ten years into marriage and had a coworker, Sean Thompson, who kept saying, hey, you need to go to church. You need to go to church. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know all about church, but I'm not ready to go back. Andy and I, my husband, were about ready to get divorced. Mm -hmm. I was looking to file. We were there. 
we were done and Sean, again, you need to go to church. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. There was all kinds of changes going on in my life. I was up for promotion at a new job. I was getting ready to get divorced. And I was like, okay, God, if I go to church, you have to give me this promotion. I was making deals with God, basically. <laughs> I'll go if you do this. I went to church and told Andy, hey, I'm going to church. I'm taking our daughter. I really don't care what you say at that point. And he goes, all right, I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to prove that God is wrong. I'm going to make fun of you and tell you every reason why what you're doing is a bad idea. Okay, cool. So I went to church. Second time at church, I went down to the altar, received the Lord, and I knew I was home again. I was like, no, this is where I need to be. Mm. The Lord just met with me at the altar call. And... That was it. You got your promotion. It wow. was awesome. Yes. Beautiful. I actually did get my promotion at work as well. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. First of all, th- part of what the Cent 315 podcast is about is to encourage and to equip, right? So the encouragement is uh, twofold. One is if you stumbled across this podcast and you know you're not walking with God like you used to, like you want to, Boom, he's right there. He'll put up with your deals. He'll show up in your pain. He'll bait you with what the desires of your heart are, like surfing. And he just shows up. So that's number one for somebody who might be far from God. But number two, it speaks to the why. Because Christians need to be not self-absorbed and not so busy that they're not there for the person who's going through it, right? Yeah. So we need to be looking for those relationships where we can share the love of Christ, like Sean did, like God was there for you, Cindy, and, and David's whole family. So I wanted to ask you individually, if you've got an answer, everybody doesn't have to answer this, but if you've got it, can you explain your why Because I've dug into that like David has, and I've done some hard things physically in my life. And the why helped me accomplish some weird, crazy things. What's your why in sharing Jesus? Well, I know that my life is one that I just don't deserve. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, Let men regard us in this manner that we're servants of Christ and stewards of the divine mysteries of God. And that's an incredible task we have. Boy. But before we use that to go and to carry that as an objective, I'm reminded so often that that is first off such an incredible blessing and opportunity and one we just, we don't deserve. And so when I'm talking to someone, especially when I, get to know their story and I get to figure out what's going on. So often my why is simply, I know what I know. I know that I don't deserve it. And yet God has made it available. And I want this person or this family or this couple, I want them to walk in the freedom and the love that we have come to know. The world is more and more and more so far from this. We see people and we know that they're just living lives that are in deception or that are being led by things that are, are far from what God would have for, for them. Yeah. 
And my why is I know the better way. Yeah. And I want them to know that and experience that and live that out. I had a conversation with somebody who I played around with in the Chamber of Commerce. And we were at coffee, surprisingly at church, and Jesus came up. And her response to me was, yeah, I don't need anybody in between me, you know, kind of the big guy upstairs and that kind of thing. It's, it's real private. It's real personal. And I don't, you know, I don't need church. And I just was grieved. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> You have no idea what church is when church is really being what church was made to be. First of all, full of messy people, full of different things, but so wonderful when you you see the body of Christ in unity, in love, together. It's just amazing. So I totally get that. Part of my why is I want you to have your flavor of what I have. Mm. What about you guys? The why is an easy question to answer, more like a burning desire. Coming from a background, my father was a police officer, and um, there was a lot of violence in the home. There was a lot of psychological manipulation. There was a lot of loneliness. I had a lot of energy, and I was all over the place, and that didn't go so well with my father and I in the same home. So he resorted to hurting us, and I didn't have anyone to talk to. I had a woman across the street, but there wasn't anybody to hold me or tell me there was another way. There was hope. There was nothing for me. And as I grew up, looking back in retrospect over my life, I could see this this big gap. There's this empty place that wasn't filled. And I do not want to be in a position now where I see somebody, whether it's a college girl, a high school, even a guy. I mean, whatever God puts in front of me, that discernment that comes upon me, I know what I need to do. And I need to make sure that they're loved. And I need to redirect them and remind them and encourage them. That's my why. Okay. So they're not alone. Yeah, mm. yeah, because you've walked that. Yeah. Elizabeth? Freedom. It's just absolute freedom. That's my why. I want everybody to know what it's like to feel free. Continue with part of my story. You mentioned earlier, Andy teaches our apologetics class. <laughs> Six weeks into coming to Foothills with me, he said he felt something that he just had to explore oh, what that feeling was. And from that moment forward, he dedicated his life to the Lord. Yeah. And seeing that firsthand was like, what? This is what God can do. He can free you. Our marriage changed completely around. Divorce was not even a word that we have even looked at or talked about since then. It was like, I want everybody to feel that freedom, that joy, that unity that I have seen firsthand. I just want to share it, and I want everybody to experience it just the way I have. Yeah, that's beautiful. Matthew, what about you? Me? Yeah. Well, pretty simple. Lately, I just can't stand the thought of not seeing that person in heaven. Yeah. What are we going to be spending our time doing, worshiping the Lord together? What is the thing that we enjoy doing the most together here on earth, worshiping the Lord together? So to me, it's like, gosh, not only are you missing out, but we're missing out not having you. Yep. And I can't, like that thought is all the motivation I need. Mm. And then also like the way that I walk with my life, Everything that I do as of late is in relationship to my thought of how Jesus or my God would accept it. So when I speak, 
am I impressing, am I pleasing right. the Lord or not? Because mm-hmm. if I'm not pleasing him, then I don't have anything to say. Right. Yeah, like you've said, an audience of one. Yes. You said that yes. on the show. You know, what I'm hearing is a couple of things. One of them is there's lives in the balance. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. That's actual. That's. Yeah. But there's also a change in life here and now. You know, I really think eternal life starts when he's our Lord. And it starts here. And it goes on forever. And I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. But we just must. That's why we're doing this mobilization. Everybody in January just finding, what am I going to do? What is my strategy so that it's at the front of my mind? Because we can get busy, right? Yeah. Let me ask you, so David's analytical and Cindy's relational, and my story is the style for Elizabeth. Let me ask you this. What are some of the challenges in your style of sharing your faith, and what can you do to intentionally kind of overcome that hurdle david so just be the analytical guest yeah. is checking his notes <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> perfect so i want to get to know someone and understand them so i know how to speak with them and so that could be paralyzing that saying the paralysis of over analysis that can happen easy and so i either do that that could be a challenge or Um, I could be too slow sometimes. There are opportunities where I've had to learn to be more bold. And in some situations, just less patient. I don't know that I'll have another opportunity. Yeah. So if I don't know them fully, this might be all I will be able to know them. So let's see what the Lord does. As an analytical, do you have that challenge that some of my other friends, like I went to the state championships in debate. So I have this mind that goes like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why would you say that? But I've never debated anybody into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. When I have friends who have won arguments and lost relationship and the people are farther mm-hmm. from Jesus at the end of it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like that would come up with you because you're not an antagonistic, arrogant dude. Uh, or at least not as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do feel like that was more prevalent earlier in my Christian walk, where it was just more competitive. Years ago, we had a different style of this test, and it came out that I was confrontational. And I don't really think that I am confrontational. I mean, I can be, but I definitely do need to be on guard for that. And I think I I have just matured in being able to say, all right, you believe this, and being willing to say, well, this is how I see it. Mm -hmm. This is what I believe. And not pushing, you must conform, you must come alongside, you must believe what I believe. But being willing to share it and just not having to go to blows over it. Gotcha. And one of the most powerful instruments we have with all of this is listening. Mm -hmm. Give them the respect of what they're saying, that you're really listening to it and not just checking out, finding your next response point. Mm -hmm. So genuine conversations. Yeah. Cindy, what about you? What's the challenge? And Well, I was thinking about how to say this. It, oftentimes, I'll think, maybe imagine you have this beautiful package, and they're in front of you, and you see all this potential, and you see these different gifts that you know that they could really excel in, and you just, you see so much in them, and you just need to slow down and slowly unwrap the package and 
to come alongside somebody and to let it evolve and just be intentional in where you're at and not try to be patient, not try to push things. That's really, really nice when you do that because you form friendships and long-term relationships and you get to know the person you earn trust and it's really nice. So just to be still and know that God is God, he goes before us and to just stay in your lane. Things that I do to try to help, this is going to sound a little on the silly side, but I like my feline kitties and I have this thing that I call Thoughts from Kitty Corner. And what I'll do is I'll be praying about a variety of young ladies and um, and then I'll think I'll have some inspiring something I'm reading or I write it up and I will send off to various people at God's place on my heart. And of course, I'm personalizing this of the person. And I ask, you know, well, where are you at? Give, give me a couple of prayer requests. And I try to reintroduce the dialogue back in to let them know they're not alone and that I am here. And it's important to let people know and friends and let everyone know that God has placed in your path. You're there and you're not going anywhere. Yeah, that, so that you're in for the relationship. Sure. You genuinely care about 100%. them. Amen. Uh, you're pretty open with your agenda, but that doesn't change the fact that they're a person and that you care about them. That makes sense to me. There's a quote, it's in Contagious Christianity. And there's a formula that Bill Hybels put out there, and it really does make sense. And it's HP plus CP plus CC equals MI. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> and now I'll explain it real quick, but it, it's what you guys are saying. So he's saying, first of all, high potency. So you need to have this secret life with God. You have to live this life that's that you're listening to God, that you're hearing Him, and that you have a life that somebody else might want something like it. Like if you have a really crummy, horrible attitude, you <laughs> kick the dog and everything, right. nobody wants it, <laughs> right. right? So that high potency, zoe, overabundant life. So that's high potency. But where it really comes down to with the relational and my story, I think, is the CP is close proximity. Mm -hmm. You need to be in proximity with people who are far from God. Sometimes we can get in a Christian bubble, and if we don't be intentional about being outside that bubble, like being a secret agent soccer mom or something, uh, you know, you're, you're out there mixing it up. It. So you got to get close. Clear communication speaks to the analytical. Being able to articulate your faith, like to be able to share the the gospel in a way that people can go, oh, okay, I get that. I see what you're saying. And that's how you get maximum impact. So I see that in all the styles that we might have more of a strength in one area of that formula or not. Elizabeth, what's a challenge for you in the way that you share your faith? Well, you were kind of mentioning it. You stole my thumber a little bit there. Oh, no. I do kind of live in a Christian bubble. I work at a church. That's who I'm surrounded Your name with is all church. the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's that too. And I have to actually find ways to get into proximity with people. I have to mm -hmm. actually make a concerted effort to go out and um, share my story, yeah. find people to share my story with, or hear other people's stories. Right. So. 
you said it. I do that with our soccer team. My daughter plays club soccer, and She's I'm a surrounded. <laughs> she is very good. <laughs> I'm surrounded with people that don't. And just recently, I invited a few of them to Christmas nights and said, "Hey, you want to earn some money for your kids for part of their soccer feed? Do you want to come be a vendor?" And I'm trying to secretly get in there and find ways to connect and be a part of their story and bring them in to be a part of my story, so we can do life together a little more. So that's really a key component of this January Cent 315 mobilization is to find those ways intentionally. How am I going to be able to do it? I was talking to somebody yesterday and he's a serving. That's acts of service and servant. So he's going to find ways to serve his neighbors and he always has wherever he lived. Um, uh, you and I, and you guys are invited too, Cindy and, and David, if you want. There is a used to be a homeless camp that was horrifyingly terrible. And we worked together with government and cleaned that up and got people in better places. And then they turned that into a safe parking place where people can park after hours and then they have to leave early in the morning. And there's all sorts of resources and they mm. have a lot more access to resources. But here's the part, instead of me defending our children, 250 kids running around my church parking lot a block and a half from an absolutely crazy jungle of drugs and abuse and craziness that was going on. Now I've got people in safe parking who are getting access and want access to resources and we're gonna feed them. Mm -hmm. We're gonna go down, we can provide a dinner or a breakfast. And so our home groups are doing this and our hospitality team. And so if you're looking for a way to get in close proximity to people that are hurting, people that are in a place where life is rough, then you can give them a meal. You can also say, and how can I be praying for you? And everybody can do that. That might not resonate with every single person, but that's how our mind has to be thinking as we get really, really intentional about it. Well, like Neil, a pastor, said in his message this weekend, <laughs> do you think God put you in your neighborhood by accident? I don't. No, that's I don't. the truth. In fact, some people are in places they don't really like all that much, <laughs> but it's certainly still not by accident. Right. One of the things that I wanted to encourage you guys to do and I want to talk about some tools and some resources that people can use. One of them was, I remembered it because of you, Cindy, and also Elizabeth on yours as well. You're talking to people and you're listening to people and you're finding out their story and everything. And so there is an app that Greg Steers from Dare to Share has put together. And I don't know if people have heard that episode yet, but go listen to it, it's crazy. He's affecting millions, especially of young people all over the world. And this app is called Life in Six Words. L-I, the number six, W, and you can get it at Google Play or you can get it at wherever Apple you- Apple Store. Apple, yeah, yeah, it's free. Everything he does is free. You can just make a donation if you want to. But what's crazy about that app, for people that work that way, if you're not an app person, then you know maybe it's not for you, but I've got other resources for you. But this app allows you to ask somebody, hey, I'm doing this thing, I'm part of this group or whatever, and could do you have a second? Can you, of these 14 words, could you pick six of them that describe your life? Now that's the starting point of a God conversation. 
And that's what we're talking about, that kind of engagement, right? And then you're really listening. You're not slamming them over the head with the Bible, but you're opening up a conversation. And I can see people that operate that way. And what Greg did on the show, we're doing it by Zoom because he's somewhere else. And he shows us the app. And it's really motivational in so many ways that a lot of these apps are. Like I'm a huge Pokemon Go warrior <laughs> with my grandchildren. And there's rewards and stuff like that. In the same way here. But he showed us a picture of a map of the world and lights. And that's where people are engaging with this app. It looked like an airline map of all their flights, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> bing, bing, yeah, bing, cool. just all, like all their airline travels. It's yeah. crazy. And once again, this is just a resource. And for mm -hmm. people who aren't app people, I bought this thing called Talking Point. It's conversations with purpose for Christians. And it's a box of cards. And this one that I just pulled out of there, and this is to be used like if people like to play games or if you just have that kind of relationship where this resource would work. It says, what are some of your gifts? How can you use them to serve other people? Really gentle question, right? Yeah. But then you get into it and somebody can start talking about it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a evangelism presentation and it just talks about, it's to like probably college age and it's about we're here on mission and it's too big for us to do it alone we need jesus mm -hmm. and how jesus fits into that story so those are a couple of them but what i really want to encourage people with is two things to get started we're going to have up on the website available some resources that are all over the place but one's a prayer list and they do that on the app as well. But I think if you do this hard copy is ask the Lord, Lord, who do you have in my life that I can be more intentional with? Because you're kind of in a, somewhere in the process, right? So you just start a conversation or you serve them in, in, in a way, or it may be time to say, hey, I don't understand why you haven't given your life to Jesus. I don't get it. I had a conversation like that with a friend of 35 years and he didn't have a good answer for me. And I got to just talk to him because I had earned the right to be heard. So put, yeah, it really is. And then put those people down on the list, pray for them, pray for yourself for opportunity and for that relationship that you have. But I think that these are tools that can be intentional for you. Kevin, you said that these will be available on the Sent 315 website? Uh-huh, yep. And on Facebook, we have a private group that anybody can get into, You just, but it's private mm -hmm. so that you can share stuff and stories about people. Mm -hmm. And so those are two ways that you can get it. Yeah, it's really, really good. There's hundreds of people in that one, and that's been really encouraging. Okay, so let me ask you this as we're kind of closing it up. What do you see yourself doing for this month of January is this, is I'm in a, putting this challenge out to everybody. What do you see yourself doing maybe more intentionally or differently than maybe you have? And if it's just more of the same because you're already doing it, hoorah. Well, I think that over the last couple years, the Lord has really challenged me to allow myself to be inconvenienced mm -hmm. wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing. Much like Elizabeth, I work for a church and I do a lot of ministry, that's my job, but outside of the church or the ministry, there's not that many encounters or occasions that are just built into my schedule. So I need to be aware that grocery shopping list, that I feel like that's a cliche one, um, but you have to grocery shop every week or you have to get gas. Or For my wife and I, 
when we go on vacation, which isn't that much, it's not every week, uh, there are different situations where we can be like, all right, I'm tired or I'm on vacation and allowing the Lord. It's been incredible. The conversations that we've been able to have as we've just allowed ourselves to be, it's funny, inconvenienced. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's huge. But it's not an inconvenience. It's we're going and serving the Lord, but in our mind, that's how we framed it for too long. And so just having that willingness to wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, Lord, if you want to interrupt me, do it. I'm willing. I love and, it. And this this podcast has really been encouraging in that. Cool. Cindy? I like to think that I try very hard to stay in tune with what the Lord has, but I can get really distracted by the different responsibilities in my life as caretaking for my mother and just a variety of things. And I also work at the church, so I'm busy there, just different things, but always striving to get in the presence of God and, and be intentional. There's that word again, sitting there and just deliberately quieting myself enough so that I can hear what it is that he would have me do. The busyness and the chatter and the mind, it can really distract. Always I'm trying to push toward the goal to draw in closer and just be in his presence. If I continue to work in that mindset, which is a lifelong pursuit, then that helps me hear better what he would have me do in what direction I should go. And usually it's having something to do with college ministry or high school ministry or something to that effect where I'm serving in some capacity. And I think there's seasons for everything. And so I just really excited to see what he has for me coming up. Yeah, I just, that's where I operate. You know, and that's for real, it shouts high potency to me. You know, sanctify Christ as Lord of your life. That's the foundation. That's the beginning. So that sounds like it could result in a lot of fruit. What are you going to do, Elizabeth? (laughs) About, I don't know, four or five years ago, Jim Dealing had said a prayer over me. He probably doesn't even remember. And he prayed that the Lord would break my heart the way his heart breaks. Mm. And immediately after that, I was in prayer for that constantly, constantly, Lord, break my heart the way your heart breaks for people. I want to love people. I want to be there for people. I've had experiences in my life that I know I can share and I can show proof that the Lord does exist and the changes and the redemption that He can bring forward. But I also get busy and I feel like I'm busy all the time. I mean, I work for Kevin Miller. I'm always busy. (laughs) How harsh could that be? (laughs) And I have a daughter. I'm always running her around until she she gets her license. And uh, recently, I actually have been repraying that again and saying, Lord, break my heart for people the way your heart breaks. Allow me to love people the way you love them. I want to see them through your eyes, Lord. That is the most dangerous prayer that a Christian can pray. Because all through the Bible, that his heart was broken. He was compelled by love. He was moved by compassion. That's exactly right. Well, that sounds good to me. And what I would like to do is just encourage the people that are listening to this and the people that want to take that step. First of all, communicate with us. I'll encourage you. This is this the easiest way. One step. 
Sarah Main has said, make it very simple. Don't give them too many options. Email me, Kevin Miller at foothillschurch.org. And I'd like to know that you're in for January, what maybe what your plan is, request resources. Just inundate me. I would like 7,500 emails that Elizabeth can go through. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just that we get this, this synergy this energy from each other as we're in this together to see what happens. Yeah, do it. Who feels compared, compelled to end this in prayer? I'll pray. All right. Father God, thank you so much for um, these people here, this opportunity to just talk about you and what compels us to pursue you even further and just pray for 2023 and for anyone that's listening, for them all to know that as a body of Christ, we work together, we come together. Nobody's left on the fringe. And if you think you are, it's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, We lift up to you our hearts, things that, that, like Elizabeth said, what would break your heart, break my heart for things that, the things that break your heart, help us to continue to serve you and to just to be still and know that you are God. Mm. And thank you so much for Kevin Miller and his awesome insight and for and everyone here in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Amen.